You've reached NVC Voice, a podcast for Northwest Vista College in San Antonio, Texas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Max Dunlop, and this is just one of the tales I can tell about one of my most interesting experiences in a day in the life of a Walfire employee. I finished up dispensing an order for a woman who had a wagon full of noisy little disasters. I mean, well-behaved blessings. I thank this woman for her business and refer her to her customer service website and to tell my employer how I did. I am on my way back inside when a troll-like individual who appears as if he has never left his bridge pulls up in his mom's Mercedes. He parks in an open carport and honks his horn at me. I smile and hold up my index finger to indicate that I will be with him momentarily. He honks his horn again before I can open up the door and drop off the empty bins. I leave my bins by the door and walk towards him. I lean in and ask him what the order's name is under, and he greets me with the smell of poor human hygiene and proceeds to say, It's under my mom's name. I respond, Sounds good, sir. What is her name? Shouldn't you already know that? We've only been here like a hundred times. I explain to the poorly-mannered individual, I apologize, sir. I am new here. I mean no disrespect, but I cannot get your order for you unless I have a name. After rolling his eyes, he tells me his mom's name, and I left him with a smile. I scan his bin and check to see if his order was correct. It appears that he only got a 10-pack of Monster Energy drinks. We were out of the kind that he ordered, so my associate substituted his item for the Zero Ultra Monster Energy drinks. I greet him with a smile and told him, Sir, it does look like you have a substitution. He's now screaming in my face to the point where I can smell his undiagnosed cavities. Feel free to insert the words that were actually used. I drove all the way out to this poopy flipping Walmart to pick up one flipping item and you buttheads can't even do that? I elaborated, Sir, on your app you can see the items that we substituted for you. And if you dislike our substitutions, you can cancel your order and we will refund you. He looks at me in disgust and spews, All you poopy flipping Walmart employees flipping sucks. I am never coming back to this poo hole ever again. I smile. That is your right, sir. But before you leave, my name is Max, and I was your personal shopper for today. Feel free to leave any questions, comments, or concerns on our rating system. Thank you so much, and have a nice day. I saw a wave of embarrassment wash over this vile human being's face as he was rolling up his window. I left this silly troll having to digest a smile by someone who has just been verbally mutilated. Feeling like a champ in the way I handled this tense situation, I went to go tell my manager about the incident. Before I could even get to the good stuff, he pushes me to the side and shouts, Call the police! I told him, Sir, I'm okay. He didn't assault me or anything. He exclaims, Someone just ran out of here with unpurchased merchandise. My manager, our security guard, and the store manager chase the thief, although they cannot do much but scream and shout. Somehow their odd strategy worked. He dropped two cases of beer that were under his arms, but got away with a bottle of whiskey and a bag of chips. Hi, my name is Gabby, and today I'll be talking about walking into a new environment all by myself and learning how to adapt. This is Adjustment. My whole preschool, elementary, and middle school life was spent trapped in a Catholic school. Every morning at 5.30, I would wake up to my dad tapping my foot and saying, Gabby, it's time to get up, as he was still struggling to wake up himself. I would stumble to his room and start brushing my teeth. My mom was an early bird, so she was always ready for me. She would brush my hair while I was brushing my teeth to avoid being late at all costs. After she vigorously brushed my hair, I would go choose from the uniform options I had. First was a pair of red, yellow, white, and blue plaid shorts that were really itchy and stiff. 
with a red polo or a white polo. The second option was a jumper with a provided blouse underneath. Lastly were the red sweats. I never really wore those because it was really hot. After I got ready, I would go to the kitchen and watch my dad make my lunch and wait for my sister because we went to school for, for a while with each other. At 6 or 6.30, we were ready. We left the house and drove for 30 to 45 minutes just to get there on time. My dad dropped us off and said, do your best. I'll see you guys after school. Usually my sister would walk in front of me to get in before me, but sometimes when she was feeling nice, she would walk me to my table. I would sit with the same group of friends. Thankfully, my best friend, even to this day, would save a spot for me right next to her. She has a soft-spoken voice and the most pure soul I've known anyone to have. She always acted out of the kindness of her heart and was never mean to anybody, even if they were being kind of mean to her. Our class was at most 150 people. It stayed that way all the way through middle school, but our rules would change. At first, we weren't allowed to wear hairbands on our wrists, jewelry that didn't have a cross on it, no thick headbands, no makeup, and no nail polish. As we got older, the rules only got more strict. Skirts had to be two inches above the knee, socks had to be pulled up all the way, ties had to be tied the way we were taught, and there were always had to be pennies in our penny loafers. I had moved frequently but stayed at that same school. However, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to all the smaller, fancy private schools with all of my friends. Instead, I went to a big public one. The first day had me really nervous. I had always worn the same thing as everyone else my whole life, so I wasn't really sure how to dress. So I decided to ask my mom. And usually getting fashion advice from your mom isn't ideal, but I didn't have much to work with. So, as you guessed it, I went to school covered from head to toe besides my arms and neck. At least I was able to wear normal jewelry, makeup, and even nail polish. I walked in, having realized that I don't know anyone that I'm about to see. Everyone knew each other from their own middle school, and I had no one. The first couple of months were hard. I only made a few friends that I only really talked to in the classroom. Then I met someone who became my best friend for a while. We were inseparable. Around that time, I started making more and more friends like that and made it through. At the beginning, I thought I wasn't going to have any friends walking into high school. This experience is important to me because it really taught me a lot of important life skills, just like adjusting, adapting, and even some social skills. I'm glad that I was lucky enough to have my experience come out this well, and I'm glad that I'm still friends with the people that I've met. Loss in Georgia. It was a gloomy, rainy night when my mom rushed into my room. She was wearing gray sweatpants with an oversized hoodie and had the biggest smile on her face. My mom had come to tell me to pack my bags because her new boyfriend would be picking us up to move in with him in Georgia. I instantly stormed into my brother's room because the whole plan was ridiculous. My brother and I decided we should just cry until my mom was convinced enough to stay in Texas. Our little act did not work on her, though. So we began to pack our bags. Once her boyfriend arrived, we loaded our bags into his truck and made our way to Georgia. During our drive there, I could not stop thinking of what it would be like at our new home. My mom did not think it through, and it made me really upset the whole ride because my brother and I had never met this guy until he came to pick us up. When we finally arrived in Georgia, we were so shaken by how it looked. Our new town looked spooky. It was so dark, filled with a bunch of trees, and no one was out doing anything. It looked like a ghost town that had died years ago. When we arrived at our new house, we were so scared to get off because our house looked haunted. Since Georgia would be our new home, we took a tour of the place. At first, things were going great because the house was a two-story and had big rooms for us, 
But then my brother and I realized we had these gigantic windows that would be scary at night. For the most part, the house was nice, but it did not have good energy. We then decided to take a tour outside. As we were looking around, my brother and I could hear branches moving in the woods. We got really scared, so we tried to run inside. When we ran inside, my mom's boyfriend suddenly stopped us and asked us what was wrong. When we told him we were scared of the woods, he got this evil look in his eyes. He grabbed both of us by the arms and pulled us into the woods far enough to leave us in there alone. I will never forget this day because my mom watched the whole thing go down and didn't do anything to help us. When I realized she was not going to help us, I started crying. My brother immediately held me and told me everything would be fine and that no matter what happened, we would make it out safely. When I was finally calm, we started to try to find our way out of the woods. On our way out, we heard those noises we had heard earlier in the day. I got scared and screamed, was triggered whatever was making noise, and out of nowhere, we saw wild pigs. When they saw us, they looked like they wanted to attack us, and we rushed our way out of the woods. My brother and I were tripping and falling everywhere, but we did not leave each other behind. Finally, we had seen an opening where we could see my mom and her boyfriend waiting for us. My mom tried to apologize, but it was not sincere, and we totally ignored her that whole night. As kids, my brother and I were never on the same page with things, but that day we were in it together, and we had each other. I will always remember this specific event because even though my mom betrayed us and let her boyfriend treat us so horrifically, I was able to find a best friend in my brother. He had made me feel protected and safe even in the time that I was scared. My name is Nadis James Halford. I'm a student at Northwest Vista College here in San Antonio, Texas. I like to tell a very personal story that I think we can all relate to. The loss of family. There is no one who won't experience such an event, but even these absolute lows, there always seems to be some sort of revelation from death. As a child, I grew up under a single parent environment, so I didn't have many family members I could build a young developing relationship with. However, I did always have my grandparents, and most importantly, my grandmother. Like any grandparent, once the grandchild was there, that child was going to be spoiled to the extreme. I generally stayed with them for most of my life to be close to my schools and in addition to get away from truly rough environment. My mother, who was always working and being the best mother a child could ask for, but we were most certainly poor. Right across from the apartment was where the gangs fought and the junkies were acting up, so most certainly the best choice was to stay with my grandparents. Me and my grandmother had a very weird and unique relationship given the circumstances. When she was younger, raising her children, my, mo my mom and my, both of my uncles, they described her as very strict and didn't show many loving traits, at least through the eyes of children. One of the moments happened when my mother was pregnant. My grandmother was so angry. For those months, my mom and her relationship effectively ended until it was unnecessary for a C-section to occur. Even after my mother called my grandmother, she said, I'll be there once your father's off work. And they hung up. My mother was absolutely scared without her mom, you know, being around for such a serious moment. When she did arrive, she was absolutely furious. But then she saw me. 
Everyone there, including my grandfather, looked at her. She was like a totally different person. She grew so attached. She wouldn't even let me, my own mother, hold me. From the from that day on, my me and my grandmother was very unique. Everyone thought she was a different person from a very strict Asian mother to a stereotypical loving grandmother. I grew up with the likes and interests of children my age, such as Lego or video games, cartoons. But unknown to me, my grandmother had been fighting stomach cancer. And when I was 12, she'd enter her sixth surgery, a very rare number to reach. Sadly, she wouldn't live shortly after my 13th birthday. Everyone, and I mean everyone, would enter a state of depression. She even in her most painful moments would still smile at me when she saw me, even in her chair when she was in absolute pain because she didn't want me to see that. But back then, I didn't really understand how bad things were, especially when, since my mother had to quit working and decided to help her mother 24-7. Personally, her death hit me for about two years. True, the worst part anyway. And in those two years, I lost interest in cartoons. I lost interest in Lego and even to degree video games as a 13-year-old, still a kid. I became very isolated. I began to stop talking in class and truly keeping to myself. But there was one thing that kind of brought comfort for a period that happened to be the Holy Bible, which sprang to the desire to understand like the Romans, the very same who crucified Jesus Christ. Then it branched into how their politics and their history worked. Then their, the history of Greece, Egypt, then eventually the French and English and more modern history. The death of my grandmother ripped my childhood mindset into someone who chased knowledge as a form of comfort. You know, as a blanket. Until it eventually became a way of life. This desire got me into congressional style debate. Got me to socialize and learn about those around me. I still never got over the her death i but her death gave me the inspiration and desire to hunt for the unknown and to consume as much knowledge as possible but there was one thing beyond my interests and personalities as a child and that was my relationship with my mother something that i never had beforehand and in those final months to days a bond of understanding and joint pain was felt. One of the biggest moments for me and my mother, or at least for her, was at the funeral where everyone was crying, even me. And I handed her a tissue box where I told her, calm down, it's going to be all right. And for the first time, it was not just a mother and son, but his mother and her son. For both of us, despite the pain and sorrow, losing something beyond value, we found something much more valuable. Love between a mother and son. And something that really makes me cry thinking about it. It's how, for the first time, my mother and grandmother, even for a few moments, could truly call one another mother and daughter. For both of us, we found not just one another, but the one we value most, our moms. A true revelation that only the darkest of times reveal. Hi, my name is Absidy Minellis, and today I'll be reading my memoir about how my team made me realize you are never alone, called We'll Be Alright. A significant event in my life was being on a competitive cheer team named Lady Lime. This is important to me because it got me through a rough time. 
I've been a cheerleader for about six years. Throughout these six years, I've made so many memories and long-lasting bonds. When I first started out, I really just wanted to win every competition, but it turned out all the moments with my team is what made it so memorable, although the wins were great too. Being in competitive cheer is a huge commitment. During the season, we'll spend almost our whole week at the gym, and when nationals comes around, we spend every day at the gym. There are times when even when you're hurting or feel like when you're going to die, you have to keep pushing, not only for your yourself but for your team as well. Getting past all the screaming and tough practices was and is all worth it in the end. The past four years, I've been with an amazing gym named San Antonio Spirit. Being here, I learned a lot about integrity, respect, overcoming fears, and so much more. But the most important thing I've learned is that you're never alone. One team I've been the closest to at San Antonio Spirit was named Lady Lime. It was my first senior team ever back in 2017 to 2018. I was nervous going into a senior team at first because it's tougher than junior and youth teams, but it was actually the best season. Lady Lime definitely had a tighter bond than other teams I've been on. We would spend so much time together at people's houses or have dinners at restaurants, which was always so funny. I have so many videos of us playing around and laughing like no tomorrow. We would laugh the whole time we were together during dinner so everyone knew we were in the building. Although during the season I had great times, it was a very tough period in life for me. I was having family problems, we, would just, we had just lost someone, and I was getting bullied at school. It was always an issue at home and school, but at the gym I would forget about everything. One day after they heard about my loss, they surprised me with a sunshine basket before practice. They called it a sunshine basket because everything was yellow and it represented happiness. I cried when they gave it to me because it was a total surprise and that day I really didn't want to get up and go anywhere. So much so that I actually missed school. But I had to brush it off and keep going for my team, which I'm glad I did. In the basket were a bunch of yellow things like scrunchies, a cup, candies, chips, gum, and little positive notes that everyone wrote on a yellow paper. Even the coaches wrote something which I was so shocked about. After practices, we would have a big group talk just to get everything off our chest, and talks. some talks were long, others were short. This allowed everyone to understand each other and lift each other up. I believe these talks are what made us so close. Overall, the season was filled with amazing and caring people. I definitely believe without this team, it would have been a way harder struggle for me, which is why it's so important. They were all... They were always there and really listened if I needed someone. In the end, it's not about winning. It's not all about winning, but the beautiful memories you make with the friends that last a lifetime. You've been listening to NVC Voice, a podcast for Northwest Vista College in San Antonio, Texas.